If any of you have ever had one of those, they can be pretty problematic. <laughs> so, anyways. Hello and welcome to The Fizzle Show. Too many interesting small businesses fail because the founders, though they had a great idea, didn't understand the basics of sustainable, independent business. We fill in those gaps. And on this show... Fizzle Show listener Bob Harper sent in a video calling us out. He's a fan of the show, but he feels we haven't been honest. Okay, so in this episode, we hear Bob's criticism and uh, we get into a mess of good stuff. Like, should I just start my business cold turkey or should I do some financial planning, give myself a bit of padding there? And uh, what should I really expect about the process of starting a business? How long should it take to start making money? Stuff like that. You're going to like it. This is really good. Your hosts are Corbett Barr. If uh, if we were locations, he'd be a mellow neighborhood in San Francisco. Refined and hip. But only until you sidestep your first sidewalk puke bomb. <laughs> oh, he's got stories, folks. Caleb Wojcik, he'd be ruralish SoCal. Jogs in small mountains, lots of space and sun. The guy knows what he likes. And me, Chase Reeves, I'd be putting a bird on it in Portland, Oregon, celebrating the circus of unfettered insecurities. And by the way, that's not just where we live. I mean, it is where we live, but but we live there because we're like that. <laughs> I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps, so let's get into it. Okay, so today we're going to talk about, okay, we should talk about what, what this com- comes from, all right? We got a, a video. This is the first time we've ever gotten someone like send a video rant in, which I feel like is a little bit of a... Uh, it, I feel they, like he he cut in line above all the audio question people just because it, it's a video. It's funny. Another call. Now we're going to get a ton of videos. This is called the quinceanera of your uh, of your podcast. Is when someone sends in a video rant. So we've had our quinceanera. Quinceanera. <laughs> quinceanera. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I almost just went pretty ping pong. I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to try not to. Um, so. Caleb, tell me about tell me about who who sent in this video and because and, we're going to listen to it in just a second. You won't obviously be able to hear it, but you'll be able to to or to be able to see it, but you'll be able to hear it. Yeah, it's early. So, so now that everyone listening is confused, so Bob Harper sent in this video rant, and he listened to the first week of our podcast, so that was episodes one through five, and he said there were some things missing. I like and I like to be clear. So before we listen to this, just anything you want to say to the listeners, Caleb. I don't think so. Corbett? <laughs> no, just, what do you mean? I just like dragging this out. I feel like it's <laughs> oh, dramatic. Suspense. Oh, sorry. Because okay. people are waiting let's, to hear it. Yeah, yeah, let's keep building the no, suspense. No, but I, to, be, to be honest, I like I like the points he makes. I like the points he makes here. Like, we're not doing this to... to, to I do, too. I You know, I'm, I'm going to have a hard time when I'm not actually talking directly to the person who leaves a voicemail, yeah. or I have a hard time not, like, pouncing on them a little bit. Yeah, you know, yeah. just because there's some things that I. Yeah, we're gonna pounce. I think there's some pounce in here. Yeah, okay. I think Bob gets pounced a little bit, <clears throat> but he also, but I also resonate. He also pounces on us, just, though. He also pounces on it. us yeah, too, pouncing. though. So it's it's a little bit of a. We're gonna have a little scrap here. This is good. This is good. A little, little <laughs> nothing like a little schoolyard scrap <laughs> here on the Fizzle Show, where we uh, schoolyard scrap at you. Okay, let's listen to Bob's uh, ding question. ding. <laughs> I am just kind of ticked off at you guys. I just got through listening to your launch week podcast, and I just listened to all of your startup stories and all that, and which were awesome. 
And uh, so I guess I'm ticked off in a loving sort of way, sort of like as a brother would be ticked off at another brother, but not really ticked off, if that makes sense. Anyways, so your stories are all awesome, very helpful and all that, but you you, you just kind of like, I feel like you guys just, I don't know, compared to where I'm at, you guys just like either glazed over the hard stuff, which no, you didn't totally, but... A lot of it, yeah, I feel like you glazed over. I mean, I mean, like, you guys all, I guess, had degrees or something and got an awesome job and had money and stuff. And um, I'm not in that situation. I'm, I don't have a degree. Um, I have a job, but, you know, it's, it's definitely, you know, right now I'm actually doing okay. I just got a job that does pretty good, but... I mean, I, I mean, for the last probably ever since I've been married, I have been broke, man. I mean, I, I haven't had the option to go travel to Mexico and to find myself and all that crap. I just didn't have a choice because, I mean, even if you say, yeah, you just drop everything and go. When you got a wife and two kids, you can't just drop everything and go, man. I mean, you got kids to feed. You got to think about that. Um, so I realize and appreciate where you guys were. But, uh, I don't know. I couldn't have my, find myself vacation for three to eight months or whatever the heck. And so, uh, I don't have, I didn't have that option. I don't have, uh, I don't know. I just feel like I don't have those options. So, I mean, just tell it to me straight. I mean, what is it? I mean, when I'm talking about, when you guys went from zero to a hundred subscribers, I mean, what was that like? What did you guys do? I mean, what was tough about it? Um, I mean, and that sort of thing. I mean, obviously, I, I learned a lot meeting people. You got to go out there and meet them. Um, just start trying something. Just do a little bit at a time. That's awesome. But, I mean, tell me the nitty-gritty. I mean, I don't hold anything back. I just want to know what the crap it took. Because it almost sounds like, I mean, that you guys just started and it was slow going at first or whatever, and then it picked up. I'm like, well, what happened in between it started, it was slow going, and picked up? What was that? that? I don't get that. I don't understand what happened in that time frame. And I just heard the first few, you know, podcasts. So maybe maybe you guys tell it later, and I just am kind of jumping the gun because I am a late latecomer to the show. But um, anyways, you guys are awesome. I think that your show was awesome. And, uh, man, I don't know. I just don't want any more. I don't feel like you guys are, are BSing me at all. But, I mean, like, I just think there's so much out there where it just skips over what I feel is the most important part, which is, holy crap, how do you get from nothing to something? You know what I mean? Like, what is it? Uh, I don't know. I guess that's my question, and it's poorly phrased, I'm sure. And, um, anyways, so... That's it. That's my rant. I don't even know if you guys are going to watch this. I don't even know if I'm going to send it to you. Probably will. I'll try. I'll figure out a way to send it to you. Anyways, peace. So that is Bob Harper's <laughs> rant. We were listening to it here, and Corbett just like walked away when he mentioned the Mexican part. But I think oh, I was just, I was just taking notes. Taking yeah. notes. I like it that he says, "What the crap was that all about?" <laughs> What the crap I love a lot about this. Before we get, before we go any further, I gotta say, you know what I love? I, you know what I love so much? I love that Bob had he sent this to us. I love that for some reason we 
we've created the kind of environment where he's like clearly just like kind of ranting and, and throwing it together. First of all, he felt, first of all, I love that he's noticing this pain that he has. Like, hey, how do I, I'm, I'm right here. It sucks right now. You guys talked about this part, but it was like the start, shortest part of your stories. You know what I mean? You, this sucks right now, you know? Um, and then he feels like comfortable enough to just send it. To send it to us. Sort of. He he kind of debated, but then he did. Yeah. Well, and at first he sent it to us and it was a private video on YouTube. And yeah. now I think we're sharing it with the world. So I'm <laughs> glad did, you cleared it with Bob. I did reach out to Bob and, and made sure it was and, good. And by the way, Lindsay, thanks for being there as well. Bob's wife. <laughs> uh, did she listen to the whole thing? Did she sit there and watch him rant? Or like, what was that all about? <laughs> I like it. I like it. I So there's a lot that I like about this from that perspective of just like, first of all, hey, it's great you're feeling this stuff. Second of all. Because we we've all felt this stuff, and we're going to get into it. We're going to try to answer his questions. Here. And I would love to hear from other fizzlers, yeah, whether or not they totally agree with Bob. Yeah. Are they feeling the same thing? Um, By or- the way, this is a perfect click and clack sort of uh, show. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so Bob called in, and Bob has a problem <laughs> with, with his business. Yeah, he's got a '96 single cylinder business. Uh, <laughs> Which, uh, if any of you have ever had one of those, they can be pretty problematic. <laughs> so, anyways, Bob called it. <laughs> God, I, I hope that's as funny when I listen back to it as the other ones have been to me. Because every time I hear the click and clack shtick, it gets me. It just gets me. <sighs> I need to, uh, wow. I need to listen to click and clack like you're listening to click and clack. No, not listening to click and clack. When we oh, do. Oh, you're. And I'm You filler. get yourself excited. <laughs> Got it. Uh, clutch. <laughs> clutch and what was it <laughs> i was filler i think it was clutching uh oh god i can't remember caleb come on i can't remember I, either i can't remember. I just remember filler all right so we gotta get <laughs> we got a lot of stuff to get into here with bob uh, yeah who wants to start um okay well let's do two things let's let's address bob directly and then maybe later i also want to kind of just get into the different ways that you can financially set yourself up yeah. for building a business because he yeah. kind of has different questions one of them is like well you glazed over a whole lot so that's cool let's get into that let's get into the part we glazed over mm-hmm. and then let's also talk about he said uh, he mentioned money a lot like yeah. that he's been broke that it seemed like we just had good jobs or a lot of money yeah. or something to begin with so yeah let's just talk about that yeah, and explain so, what it is. i like that so caleb can you make sure that we uh we do the first half from from where we are now um, on just basically specifically getting to, to Bob's question because built into that is that second half though, but I just want to make sure that we have enough time for that. Those Tung- these tungle I, it, tungle these it, questions about about safety nets and and should I just quit my job and give this the best opportunity it has? Should I take on money and financing or should I should I throw you know, a hail mary pass? Yeah, and- just go for it. Um, when and when's the right time to pull the trigger? All those things are very interesting to me. Yeah. Okay. So um, uh, all right. Here's what I want. Here's where I want to start. I want to start with. Uh, I want to go into each of our stories. Is there parts that we left out uh, that the um, like thinking about where Bob is? He says, "I am broke, right?" And I don't it to go from zero. I love how he keeps answering his own questions. I don't know how you get. How do you get to the first hundred followers? And I know you got to go out like meet people and like do do that stuff. But how do you get to the first hundred <laughs> followers? And like what? What? Do, how do you go from nothing? to something and looking back for me no i want to open it up corbett i want you to tell me what you think (laughs) going back to then how did that happen i mean so it kind of depends on where you start at when you say 
from zero to blank. Because mm-hmm. in one way you can say, I could say, okay, I started a blog in um, March of 2009 and about 90 days later I had 500, give or take, subscribers. Mm-hmm. So I, I was lucky to have pretty like successful first few months. Yeah. Um, and I attribute that to picking a good topic, something that I cared about, um, writing very frequently, a few times a week, mm-hmm. and then connecting with everyone that I could find in my space and, um, and kind of swapping, you know, I share your stuff, you share mine, that sort of thing. Yeah. But when you talk about like zero to, to blank, yeah, I guess you could say that's, you know, my zero for that project. But going back, I had zero. You could go back as far as like when I was eight years old and I got a Commodore 64 for Christmas. I guess maybe maybe that's zero in terms of my technical knowledge. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of the overnight success thing. You know yeah. what I mean? It takes 15 years. It takes 15 years or whatever. Or twenty. It took me 25 years or something uh-huh. from the time I first got my Yeah, like first I can computer. go back to like when was the first creative endeavor I ever took? Well, my first Legos that I ever got. And that started teaching me how to do the creative stuff, which got me to how to actually get through the stuff and write something online. And then, which got me into the idea of performing, which got me into a lot of other yeah. things that ended up becoming what makes me sensitive to creating something that, that creates a good experience online versus just the, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't so, know. I mean, it's, it's, so let, let's take it from, I, I think I, I hear in your story also, you had, you had different goals. Like you were wanting to document your trip. You were wanting to document your thoughts and what you were feeling after this thing. You were having a bit of an existential crisis. Uh, and so you and your wife, you know, did what a lot of us can't do, Corbett. Some of us can't just take off and go to Mexico and find ourselves or whatever, you know? But what did um, you have take, to do for that decade before so that you could afford to do with. that? Right, right. Well, and I take issue with that because, I mean, the, the whole going to Mexico thing, it was a sabbatical, but... I uh, basically the goal of that was to start a new venture while I was down there, or yeah. at least to ask myself the tough questions and then start working on my next thing. And I I couldn't sit idle for more than a month on that trip. And well, and also you were saving a lot of money by being down there, weren't you? Exactly. Yeah, it's cheaper. I mean, honestly, it's cheaper to be down there than it is up here. And yeah, maybe you can't unplug your kids from school and your wife from her job and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So yeah. I get that. I get that. Totally. I, yeah. But there, there are plenty of people that have kids and have success stories and we're working along the way as well. I think, it's, you know, for me, when I think of my story, um, where was I during that? Basically, what I was doing was I was start. I had a runway. I had time. I had regular jobs. Like I was, I was working client work. I was working my own. I started my own business doing client work, doing design stuff that I had to quit, right? Because I wasn't making any money. And I wasn't getting enough clients. and I didn't know at all what I was doing and all of this stuff. Um, and the only reason why I took that jump in the first place is because it was just my wife and I, and we could afford to do it. And then, uh, and, and then we, you know, I was like, we're not ma- I'm not making enough money. I tried, I think I tried pretty hard. I don't know if I tried all that hard, to be honest. So, but that's, so from your story, that's an interesting thing because what you're saying is you, you had your wife to, um, sort of be there as a, as a team, right? Because like when you weren't making enough money, somebody was making money, right? Yeah, and she was working, she was doing real estate stuff, and so that was good. And she was she was for sure carrying us, you yeah. know? But, but, and it was after a little while that, that I, I realized I had to, I had to go 
or I wanted, it was time. Like, let's go find another real job. And so I got another job and I went and worked for three years at a company while I just kept kind of farting around on the internet online, making websites. By the time I left that, I was a real pro at making websites. Yeah. Why? Because I invested in the craft. And here's what I think people don't do as they don't say, you know, I think Bob, what he's doing right now is he's like, oh, I heard it's possible to make a website and make some money on it. Um, so I'm going to do that. And then you get really stressed and anxious when it's two and a half months later and you haven't done a thing or a year later and you haven't made it or, or two years later. I think it takes five years to get to a point where you can start making a, a, a living from a, a thing that you're good at and that you care about. I think you can make, if you, and also like you got to look at the, well, first of all, let me qualify that. Yeah. Okay. So I think if you look at any trade, it, it's, it's fairly reasonable to say if it's five years of school in being a therapist or in being a, um, I don't know, a farmer or a mathematician or an engineer or all of these things, it's fairly common to, to it'll take some schooling years to learn about all of this stuff. And the whole time you're developing yourself, you're developing your voice as a mathematician or a farmer or whatever. Uh, you know what I like about your Tell corn? Tell us about math, Chase. I know what I like about, I like about In a farmer your, voice. Yeah. Your corn... <laughs> Just seems to really know who it is, you know. You can tell lot, us about the calculus of corn now. You, what's important about your corn is it is it's found its voice. How long have you been farming? <laughs> A year. But there's if you look at your listen if you give I have this idea of the long term view that I got from Brad Feld and he's thinking about it in terms of this twenty year spectrum uh, for an entrepreneur and that that's the way you should look at it too you know it's short many short cycles in one long sort of game the, the battles and the versus the war that yeah sort of thing. and but I mean if you think about a site like okay give yourself get yourself to the point where you can get really good at a thing over the next four or five years. And then you're making your whole living from it. If you do that, like like in the last episode that we recorded, at least, I don't know how, when it'll play, but you said something, Corbett, of, um, I defy you. Uh, if, if you if you keep making things, if you, you launch your product, you take a week off, you take a breather, and you immediately start making your next one, I defy you not to be successful in, in like yeah. four or five launch, versions. Yeah, launch that. four products in a year. Yeah, yeah, and, or and I would and I would include I would include like I defy you to do that over the course of two to four years and not have a bit of an audience and a little bit of revenue and an understanding of who you are, what you're here for, like what you can make, what you enjoy doing, what you don't enjoy enjoy yeah. doing. So that time piece, I feels like Bob isn't giving himself any time. He's saying, "I'm so disappointed that it's not working out for me yet." Well, and it's funny, it's like we, I feel like we have to dance around this question a little bit because, you know, there are people listening to this who are just waiting for us to say that we had a silver spoon or something, mm. and then they can go, oh, see, that's yeah. that's why, that's why they could do you it. You know what, we, in some ways, anybody who is successful online has a silver spoon. They're interesting. They did enough work to make something interesting. You're writing, that's a, like a big audience, Corbett, to have in that short amount of, of time. Yeah. And, and and part of me wants to say like look at that like it was so easy back in the day now it's just too hard we already answered that question yeah. in an episode but but at the same time you were writing things that was interesting that were interesting that was interesting that was interesting they resonated with people you were clearly in a cultural moment I remember when someone was you said someone came up to you and said like yeah this is called lifestyle design you didn't even know it yeah you were writing about your own stuff and and it. It was coming out naturally in a way that was vulnerable and that, that was resonatable, yep. you know, and all of these things. So what? I, so, but the, so, but the so the bottom line is that you have to figure out a way to make yourself valuable, right? If you want yeah. people to 
uh, follow you and eventually buy things from you. You have to make yourself or the thing that you create valuable yeah. to other people. Yeah. And that's really the the question. Like, Bob, looking through your past, your history, what about you could be the most valuable to a group of people, and who are those people? Yeah. We don't know what Bob's situation is. Maybe he's Maybe he has a, tr- uh, a craft or a trade or a skill or something. Maybe he's learned something from being a relatively young father yep. that he could share with people, and, and that might be valuable to and people. And then if you, if you put a bunch of work into that and nobody ends up coming or a very small audience ends up coming, then the question, I mean, what, what was I doing that whole time that it was between zero and 100 followers or whatever, right? Or You know what I was doing? Yeah. I was caring. Did you even do you even know when that was? Because I, I feel like you don't care about the number of subscribers. Or anything. I just I just like to make the stuff, and I really like it when people interact with my thing and engage it. Right? You know, my wife's really good at engaging my thing, and I really like that. As I'm like one of the things I'm like most a fan of is is that kind of engagement. It's not what you told me yesterday. <laughs> but the truth is, uh, do you care enough about anything to stick with it? for a, a year and have and also what do you want i mean do you want money because he's talking about i don't have any money well there's a lot of jobs you can go do to make money and then what what, what else do you want or maybe like instead i don't want money i want to be like super engaged and uh and feel like alive and in my own skin right well that's a different thing you're gonna have less money there maybe it leads to much more money in the end but if you want to go make money go be a banker go do something like that go go fold and 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 structure other people's money and it'll pay you for it right um but but there's jobs you can go make money you can go do this thing like the the well but so so let's so but let's look at it another way bob says that he's broke why does that matter i don't understand why that matters why i I mean if you're about it it matters. You know that it no, matters. No, but why does it matter in terms of creating a business? Well, because it's not being successful. Maybe okay, that's good. Wait, why does it matter? Well, because like it's clearly not working or uh or not working yet. Right? Being broke to start a business or like Exactly. That's what I'm asking. Bob says he's broke. Oh, so you're hearing about- him say I hear okay, so you're hearing him say, I'm broke, I don't know, I can't start this business, and I hear him saying it's not working. No. I think what he's saying. I think well, right. I don't know. Maybe no, I'm wrong. I think you're right. I think, I think you're what right. he's saying is just he's broke in general because he has a family to raise, um, and maybe he doesn't have a very high paying job, so he's broke. And therefore, how does he have the time or resources to start this business that he's trying to? That's why. That's or why to go to Mexico. You know what? The biggest un- one of the things in our framework was we have like the unfair advantage, the business booster stuff. One of the biggest unfair advantages you can have is you can care more than anybody else about your thing. Like the like the example that that Merlin always gives is don't write a, don't blog about Star Wars blog about that one Jawa that only shows up in this one scene and be the expert in that thing it, be, if you really care about that thing because that's going to give you an I un, an I, un, I, I really don't I, don't. I really don't either I kind of <laughs> to be honest I would be an Ewok blogger I love those Ewoks, Ewoks. are pretty cool Ewoks are awesome that whole <sighs> they're furry little. What the little nose and the teeth come out? Yeah. They look scrumptious. Yeah, like they look like peanut chews. Caleb, um, thinking back on going from zero to a hundred for you, like what happened there? I wrote a blog post every single day for fifty days, and that's how I got to a hundred. I just wrote and wrote and wrote and commented on other sites in my niche and niche, please commented and commented and like tried to get more people to like come and check out my stuff i like honestly i i don't remember how long it took me a few months probably to get to that 
Yeah, and and you weren't like flush with cash at the time, right? You were recently out of college. You had a sort of, you know, okay job. Yeah, I mean, I had been working for a few years and I was just, I just got out of debt. So I just got done paying off student loans and stuff like that. But yeah, when I graduated college, I had no money to my name. I was in in debt and I had a job that I just lived frugally and let it pay off all my debt. And then I kind of figured out, okay, now what do I want to do? So sometimes I think you just have to hunker down and you just have to do work you don't live to do, but it pays the bills and it gets you to a point where you can take some risks or can start doing something that you like to do more and then eventually have that transition into doing it full time. But I think that people worry too much about the money too soon online because the money doesn't come right away. And like when you go to college... You basically go to college for four years, typically more than that a lot of the times, and you're not making any money unless you're like giving kids burgers or like doing dishes <laughs> yeah. in the cafeteria or whatever. Or calling like, alumni and begging for donations. Working in the computer lab. Yeah. yeah. So you're making made no a, money for four fortune. years. Yeah. <laughs> and if you, if you look at your online business that way and say, hey, I'm not going to make money for a year or two years or three years, but eventually I'm going to dedicate myself to this yeah. so much that... I'm, it's going to pay for everything eventually. I, w- I wish we knew a little more about Bob's specific situation. But, like, but what is he started? Let's abstract it though, because yeah. it's a, it's a what I, I what I resonate so much in his story, and it, it is, it's hard. Like, of course, this is hard. It's so much easier to get a job at McDonald's. It is so much easier right. to go work somewhere else. But that's why it pays minimum wage. And, and yeah, and but but also that minimum wage might be a lot more than you can make on your your own business for the next two or three years, right? Maybe. So, but I, I would hope it's not going to be two or three years till you can make minimum. And wage. even if but it, it is, be. maybe in five and ten, there's no comparison, yep. right? Yep. So that that's the question, and and I believe in taking the risk on yourself. I believe you're going to you're going to reap the rewards from that. And the goal is not to work for yourself. The goal is to to be engaged, to be making something interesting. So if that leads to working at a great company in in a year and a half or two years that that gets to utilize all the things you've learned while starting to do your own thing or creating it on the side or whatever, then that's fine. Like I don't want to. I really think the goal for for our for America and the world is is to have better organizations, not to have no organizations. You know, uh, I think that's got to be the path forward is, is to to do corporate work better mm. and hopefully can i for, say small can i say to have many smaller organizations could that be a goal that it is i i, I don't know i'm i'm the dumbest guy in the room when it, i don't know what you just said if that means more businesses <laughs> or less but i just i don't know more businesses means more smaller means more but they're smaller another yeah. thing is as caleb was talking i realized i realized hunker down even though Caleb, you're not even Canadian. Is that like bear down? Hunker down is the most Canadian thing anybody could ever say. Well, he's Midwestern. He's from he's from northern Michigan, where basically well, it, was, uh, it was a pretty hard year. You know, the winter was tough, so we had to just sort of hunker down in there. And uh, well, now we have about 13 kids, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's just how it works. With the, the truth is also with your business, sometimes you just got to hunker down. See, but you don't want to hunker down in that way because Bob's already saying that's that's part of his struggle. He he hunkered down already. I think when I hear uh, the reason why I really wanted to talk about this because I wanted to figure, I wanted to hear what your guys' thoughts were on it, and I wanted to, uh, us to think this through out loud because I don't know necessarily how to approach it, but I know something's real in it. So for yeah. me, the big thing becomes 
When you do your thing, allow yourself some time. Realize that you're doing the hardest work you'll ever do, trying to figure out who you are and what you're here for and what you can, you know, uh, this is tough stuff. Of course it's hard, right? It is hard stuff. So don't think it's easy. Doesn't mean it's not incredibly fun, incredibly fulfilling, incredibly all this other stuff. Some people luck out and it happens all, it happens right away. Maybe that's a result of the work that they had done previously. You know, maybe it's the work, uh, uh, a result of the work that their their parents or grandparents had done in terms of creating an environment where they get to figure out who they are f- faster or whatever, right? Um, but you're you're bang on, Corbett, when you say you've got to figure out how you can be valuable to mm. someone. You've got to, and and that might not mean you're doing the life the the the, the business of your dreams, but you're doing your business, you know. Uh, and, and it's a and it's a stepping stone. But we got to allow for time to play a role. Yeah. In this, you have to. I mean. Einstein was working at the, you know, the patent office, you know, and he got to see a lot of things come through there that ended up being the core of a lot of his research he did later on. Some people say he's sort of plagiarized. Well, he, he got really good at his job so that he had plenty of time at that office to do his own work. His own work, yeah. 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 So, it, and, and, and that's part of it, too. Also, just building enough, being in your job long enough to buy you the freedom to work on your own thing. Everybody knows, yeah. you know, after you've been in a job for a year or whatever, a lot of times you just get good at it and you have spare time on your hands. Now, maybe not, yeah. maybe, maybe Bob has to deal with customers or something and he's on well, the phone all day. You know what? I can't, I, I can't get past two is Bob has certainly has to deal with family. Mm-hmm. Like he's got his kids, uh, two, two kids and, and his wife to deal with. And it is so sticky in that situation, unless you can get your, unless you somehow can get everybody on the same page that, all right, we're going to, we're going to go, we're going to save money on rent. We're going to save this, that, and the other. We're going to go cheaper because daddy's going to, you're going to live with a daddy who loves his life versus a daddy who hates his life. Yeah. Right. And I think that is a, you got to do the work yourself to learn what it's yeah. like to pull that ripcord, the- right? The having kids thing, I can't speak from experience, but I clearly but I look do at the, know look at the smile on your face. But and, I do know that um, Leo Babauta of Zen Habits has six kids, yeah, and uh, he was able to find time to write and build up a successful blog. Not only did yeah. he find time to write, but he wrote about fifteen blog posts a week, yeah, five for his own, five or more for his own, um, and uh, five or more. Uh, guest posts and five or more contract freelance posts as well. well. So he did freelance work to pay the bills. But so yeah. when I listen to Bob, if I if I just listened and then had to like give him a response right away, yeah. To me, it seems like he's he's really first of all worried about comparing himself to other people. Us, mm. he's like comparing his situation to ours, which is always a losing game. Mm-hmm. And second of all, it seems like he's really paralyzed by the enormity of the situation because it is. First of all, I just wanted to say. When it comes down to the enormity of the situation, every time I compare myself to you, yeah, it ends up leaving it leaving me with scars uh, in my in emotional my psyche. Scars. Yeah, because when we like say we go into the bathroom together, yeah. we do like a hey, you know, it's the enormity of the situation. <laughs> we just, do a we do a hey, <laughs> is, that, is that the technical term for that? Yeah, oh, yeah. hey, <laughs> but okay, keep going. The enormity of the situation. The enormity of the situation. Just, just I, think- I was going to let comparing things slide and then well, let me say it another way let's <laughs> analysis paralysis is another way to say it yeah. so basically you're sitting there thinking there are a million things that you have to do and it's true like to build a business there are maybe not a million but thousands of little things that you have to do and um, it's easy to just get stuck and not do yeah. anything or to feel like you know you're spinning your wheels and not making any progress and and instead i think you really just have to focus on 
the the person in front of you that you're walking behind, you know, or the um, yeah. the the next rung in the ladder, and it all again comes down to figuring out what it is you can provide to a group of people that is valuable, mm-hmm. and everything that you do, if it's blogging or podcasting or um, freelancing or whatever, your goal should be to come up with an idea, put that idea out there and see how people react to it. And when you find a little traction, you know, let's, I don't know again what Bob's situation is, but let's say he knows a thing or two about, um, antique cars. Mm, so, so, does. so Bob puts some information out there He's about bitching model T <laughs> about model T's and, um, and finds out that people really like that. So, mm. so then you keep pursuing that, you know, you, you get your first person to write you an email and say, Oh, thanks so much. This was a big help on my weekend project. Yeah. I, I love that. So find that traction. And if you don't find that traction, if you're putting something out there, then you have to ask yourself, is it that the way I'm saying it isn't valuable enough? Is it that I haven't found the right people for this yet? Or is it that I'm fooling myself and there just isn't enough here? So either I need to practice and get better at this thing, yeah. or I need to go back to the drawing board and find something else. And if I were to tell them something, I would say... um, you know, when I was doing the design thing, I was not taking my craft seriously and getting better at it. Uh, I didn't know how to do that, really. I was a little young, and I wasn't thinking in those terms. But now I'd look back at me, and I'd say, listen, this is going to take you two, three years to get really good at, at design. The kind of design that you're, you want to try selling right now, you won't be able to do for two or three years. doesn't mean you, you, the only way you get better is you keep working <clears throat> at Excuse me. You keep, you know, selling whatever you can sell and and work on whatever you can work on and do that stuff. When you're going to have to do a lot of personal projects too to make people see what you're able to do. Once you sure. do build up those skills, you're going to have to start doing stuff for free, doing stuff for yourself yeah. in the style that you want to do it. And so, if someone would have, if I could have yelled at my old self and or my young self and say, "Man, just think about getting better at this over the next three, four years," and and you'll be unstoppable. But if you hold yourself to that, what you want to create then, right now, yeah. you're not going to make it. And I didn't, right? And then what I had to do is I had to get in a situation where I could do that on the side yeah. with no restrictions or requirements or whatever, just whenever I could get a chance to do it and t- take on some side work and do this stuff. And that just built up. And that actually, I'm, really, I'm insanely grateful for that because it's like if you have an idea for a thing you want to make, you write down the headline of the thing or whatever, make some notes on it, and then spend the next month Every little idea that pops into your head about that thing you want to make, you just kind of capture it. Or in a month's time, you're going to have you know whatever thirty notes or fifteen notes on the thing. Yep. It'll take you about thirty five minutes to write it all up. Or you know, if you have that kind of outlook that you can experience things, I got to for three years look at design on the internet and and see what felt good and what felt there. I if I would have taken my craft seriously and taken myself and the what it takes to actually get good at this stuff seriously and allowed for that time. It made me such a better creator on the other end. That's yeah. when I got to know you, Corbett, and when we started working together, and when we made Think Traffic, which changed everything, because it just showed I wasn't thinking on the regular blog, sidebar, something, something level, because I had gotten into a different sort of rarefied air yeah. to be able to experience that stuff. So for Bob, it would be like, what's your thing? Is it going to be writing? Is it going to be podcasting? Is it going to be pool cleaning? Is it going to be like, what do you want to get good at? Yeah. And can you, can you invest in yourself enough to allow that to take some time? Totally. And if you, and if you're not good enough yet, but you believe that that thing, whatever it is, is something that you want to be good at badly yeah. enough and that you think there's a market out there for, then you have to ask yourself, you know, is it worth putting in the next three or five years? Yeah. 
and not having a whole lot of income to show for it necessarily yeah. um, because you have to get good at it. And and that's really the concept of deliberate practice, which is something that um, Caleb and I have written about before. This is the idea of not just doing a thing, not just sitting in your chair and sort of repetitively doing a thing, but doing a thing with the intent of getting better and pushing yourself mm-hmm. in new areas so that you actually expand and grow your skills. I don't know why time. everything becomes sexual for me, but I could take that whole thing in the wrong way. <laughs> Deliberate practice. You can take anything the wrong way, pretty much. Yeah, or the right way. Yeah, but to be honest, if you know what I mean, if you take it the right way, it's going to hurt a lot less. <laughs> so, uh, moving on. Let's. Um, <laughs> Caleb can't even hang. <laughs> Caleb can't even hang. Let's let's talk about the financial reality of like. Well, hold on before we do, because I want to okay. do that right away. I just want to say to Bob. Yeah. Like, thank you. I I, I know we're coming we're coming down hard on you, Bob, because you look like you can take it. You look like the kind of, like, obviously we can see you and other people can't see you the way that we can, Bob, because we see directly into you. Mm-hmm. But but you look like you, you can take this. You look like you're going at this. You look like you've gotten fed up, fed up and you, you've, you've hit the, the, the basement floor and you're like, I'm sick of, like, I like where you're at. You're where you're supposed to be, I think. And now you get to make decisions about it. Yeah, and what I really like is that Bob... Um, has his wife involved, which means he's he's saying these things out loud yeah. about what he wants, yeah. and and point. getting support from other people instead of like just tinkering in the basement, you know, yeah. like for a half hour a day. He's like saying, like, look, this is something that I want badly enough to tell you about, and I think that's a really important. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's I was going to say point. that was big for us too. I don't know yeah. if it was for you guys. If you guys were always having these conversations with your wives too. Yeah, I certainly was. She was kind of like, um, have you made any money yet? No, I'm just kidding. She thought, I, she always thought she still does. I pulled the wool over her eyes that I'm like a great designer and that I'm creative and this, that, and the other. But she was just like, ah, when's it going to turn into, you know, but that, money? that's, that's a good point as well. My, um, my wife actually has constantly pushed me in that direction as well. Yeah. And, and it's always up to me to kind of sell the, the big long-term picture. Like, yeah. Like yeah, you know, okay. Yeah, that's so, a big point. So I've spent I've spent a year blogging, and I have pocket change to show for it right yeah. now. Yeah. But um, you know, here are these examples of people that are doing it. Here's a couple of signs that show that I'm headed in the right direction. I believe this is possible. Mm-hmm. You know, just stick with me, babe. And, yeah. And it's gonna work out. That's true. To be to the the need to sell it to the to the, the spouse, spouse yeah. is uh, that I because I I've, I've always had to do that too. I was in the basement a lot, designing away and just fooling around, reading Lifehacker, Merlin Man posts, and stuff like that. But like, if it, it, it all the rubber always hit the road, you know. And what's interesting, I mean, I went. I remember when I was at that uh, when I was at my job after I quit my own thing. The whole time, man, it was like hard. Like I wanted to go. I'm ready. I'm ready to go back on my own. And yeah. And uh, and she was encouraging me to stick with it because we wanted to buy a home. No, I'm trying to remember what the what. But anyway, she was encouraging me to stick with it because of X, Y, and Z, I don't know, and um, to stick with the job. And I'm glad I did. I'm glad I pushed through about three or four waves of like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I want to go do my own thing. Because I get so so emotional and, you know, uh, schizophrenic about like, okay, I'm ready to go do this thing now. And and I'm not. And I'm glad I waited as long as I did. Um, I probably could have done it sooner. but, But you notice that sort of emotional unrest, you know, when you're at a job and you're like, and I don't have any complaints about it. It was a great job. I loved being there. I learned so much. It was like a dream. It was a great sort of thing, but there was a lot of me that wasn't being fulfilled. And there's a lot of me I still wanted to do. But I got so much of a good, like I'm, because of that experience I did at Razi with Pete Grillo, like 
I am so for people being able to to go have that. I wish I could give you that experience. Yeah. I wish I could get everybody that experience. You learn, you get so smart so fast working with a guy like Pete. And but it's rare to find that situation. It fell into my lap, as I said in in my thing, like in my story, which is what number four or something like that, the episode four of the podcast. It, it was uh, it. I just lucked out and ended up being great. Uh, but I. And maybe maybe Bob's coming from this perspective of like you know he sounded like he had just found a job or something else. And yeah, maybe it's just so hard out there to find a job in his town. Yeah. or something like that. And again, that's something that's been always been a little hard for me to resonate with because like I I can get the job or a job. And there's jobs I've wanted, plenty of jobs I wanted that I couldn't get. But you go there was there was always work available when I needed it. Yeah, maybe things have changed a good deal on that. Well, but that's I mean you know getting a good job is a lot like building a business. You yeah. have to figure out a way to make yourself valuable. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you want a job, if you don't have the right skills, good you have comparison. to be able to you have to be willing to invest years of honing your craft on the side. Like yeah. software developers are a great example. Um, it's so competitive for really high end software development jobs. Um, although it's less so now because there are just so many software development firms out there. But um, people that are really good at software development live and eat and breathe and sleep software development yeah. on the side for years from when they're kids, yeah. usually, until they get a job and, you know, whenever. That's what's hard. I mean, yeah, I, in some ways I sort of envy that because, you know, now your Git repository is your... is Your, your resume. Your resume totally. at this point. Yep. But it's a really good point that, the, I don't know, the comparison between... Uh, doing, going and trying to find a job is a lot like trying to create your own business mm-hmm. because you got to know who you're talking to and yep. how to impress them. And how what to, your value is. What, how, you know, you got to know what the story, even if you don't have that value necessarily, you at least got to know what the story is. Honestly, and, it's almost the exact same thing, except that you only have to woo over one it, or two or three people it's instead just the of marketing an, side, a group though. of people. It's just the marketing side of it. Yeah. To be honest, right? Yeah. So, okay. So, so that's great. And I, and this actually is a really great segue because now we're talking about the fact that you worked for a few years after you went freelance, yeah. you decided to go back to work. Yeah. Um, I worked for 10 years before I jumped, made the leap into, uh, into entrepreneurship full time. Yeah. Along the way I was doing side projects that never really panned out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I learned enough from those. And then I also, because I worked for 10 years, I honed my skills as a software developer and um, eventually had a little bit of a cushion, a financial cushion. Yeah, you do. So that I was able to uh, quit my job and then start building my first company, basically, by living off of savings. Hmm. So that's one particular route. That's yeah. the route that I went. I can tell you that it was scary as <laughs> honestly, to quit my job and um, and to live off of savings for almost a year. By the way, year. I just edited the, uh, the, the cussing rant that we went on. Uh, in an episode a while back, so <laughs> I can only imagine how that's going to go over. I hope it's fine. I hope people don't take us as like total, you know, a holes. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> Good job. But we go on this rant of like cussing, and I think it's a little out of context. Did by the, by the end like- of it, by the end of it, we we I think we we nail what we were really trying to say, and like about which being- was which was. F- <laughs> it's a lot of that. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to have to ask you to stop. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
I'm just creating work for Chase right yeah. now. Yeah, no, I like it. It's fine. I just I have a little uh, I have a little trick that I do. It's easy. But anyways, the point being, I, I hope it's it's taken the right way and not the wrong way. I hope we come off the right way, not the wrong way. I heard I saw something today. Anytime from a communications guy who the communications researcher, he says anytime a message can can be construed either positively or negatively, it will be received negatively. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah, it's perfect. So you, you keep so, going. So 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 that's my scenario. And actually I ended up doing that twice. So, you know, I saved up a financial cushion mm-hmm. um after ten or eleven years of hard work, mm-hmm. slaving away for the man. Yep. And the first time around, I lived off of savings for uh almost a year. There was a short transition of a couple of months where I told my current employer that I was working on something on the side and I actually went half time mm. and they allowed me to do that, which was really cool. Um, so there was a little bit, and then I just left without a safety net and for the next 10 months or so basically worked on savings and just watched it dwindle. And that was scary as hell. Yeah. And then eventually we raised investor money and we were able to pay ourselves a little salary. So I did that for the next couple of years. And then when I went off to Mexico to find myself, as Bob said, not all of us have the chance to do that Corbett. Exactly. Um, I decided again to live off of savings that time around because I had a taste of what it was to yeah. be my own boss and to to build a business and uh-huh. to be entrepreneurial. And I just couldn't stomach the idea of going to a job after that. I felt yeah, partly it's a it was bit a, of a drug. Partly Entrepreneurs was a point make of, the worst employees. Yep. <laughs> well, and it's also just a point of pride. I felt like I got so close, but I didn't get there. And I just, there was something in me that wasn't ready to like, admit defeat yet you know what i mean yeah. so so i i lived off of savings again for another year or so but this time um i really had to cut back in a lot of areas yeah and um my wife and i got very frugal we actually took a an interest in minimalism mm. for a while there oh um, my god how did you pull through it <laughs> barely <laughs> i love it it's like a disease we, you looked at me like you know and it actually is hard for me to say this but we took an interest in minimalism there for a little while. <laughs> we dabbled, we dabbled <laughs> in, in minimalism. We had some minimalism parties and, well, we lost a good friend. And so here we are with a bunch of stuff again. Exactly. <laughs> and um, for the first 15 months or so that I was um, self-employed the second time around, about 10 of those months. I really want to throw a minimalism party. Let's do it. Okay, 10 of those months. Be pretty easy. 10 of those months. <laughs> Ten of those months, I lived. That's the punchline. <laughs> it'd be pretty it's a, easy. It's a subtle punchline. Oh, it'd be pretty easy. <clears throat> um, ten of those months out of those fifteen, I lived in Mexico, um, not necessarily to soak up the sun and live on the beach and surf every day, which was part of it, but um, also because you can live down there for a third of what you spend. I'm shaking up here. my head in disapproval at you right now. It's okay. I'll take it. <laughs> You have. You've taken it all. You've. Right. There's none left for any of us. Caleb, how did you make the transition? Well, financially. 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 Um, well, I mean, if you start from when I graduated college, I had like thirty grand of debt, and I just lived super frugally for three and a half years to mm-hmm. get out of debt completely, pay for a wedding, and save up enough to make the leap and to start working with you. And so I didn't have the cliff that you had where you had to go live completely off of savings. But right when I left my job, there was a pay cut and my wife also left her job and we were starting a photography business. So I blew through all my savings 
you know, within the first year or so putting that business together at the same time that I was working along with you. Cameras so, are equipment. Yeah. Like, cameras are expensive. Yeah. yeah. You can't really be a minimalist photographer. <laughs> right. Or a, you iPhone, can't be baby. a good one. Yeah. iPhone. iPhone. No, it's interesting though. I, I hope, I hope that, that people are sense like the, the reality in those stories, like how scary it is for both of you to, to hit the cliff for you, Corbett and say, okay, we're not making any more money. We're living off our savings right now to see what happens. Right. And then when this is out, I don't know what we're going to do, but hopefully my bet is that we're going to have it figured out by the time we get there. Yeah. You know, and you, Caleb, saying like, okay, we're quitting our jobs. Both of us, we're doing, we're making all of these changes and we're going to start this thing. We're going to, we need to buy all this stuff. It's an investment in our future. Mm -hmm. Like it cleans us out, basically. I just think that, that every person listening hopefully resonates with, with that, with that. I don't know that 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 leap. That's How, that's a it's a big freaking gamble because yeah. and and it takes a while. I mean, you know, in my case, like I said, there were a couple a couple of years where I was living off of savings. So we're talking about like a six figure investment yeah. in the business that I'm running now, basically just because I wasn't earning a salary for two years. Yeah, um, minimum. I mean, the opportunity cost was far higher because the salary I could have earned was a lot more. So it's a huge risk and a huge um, gamble on yourself. And I, I don't know if many people have the stomach to go to Las Vegas and put six figures down on a roulette wheel yeah. for one spin, but it's kind of like that. It's just that it's spread out of over two years. Yeah. So you really have to believe in yourself, and you have to believe that that, um, that process and that journey that you're going to go through will be valuable one way or the other, whether it means that you go back to the workforce with new ideas and new abilities, mm-hmm. or uh, you're just changed and more comfortable with who you are and yeah. with what you've done with your life yeah. um, or you end up with a business at the end of it or you know after your second or your third time or whatever it is yeah. but the other part of this the other reality of this is that as Caleb and I both mentioned we had to make a really conscious decision to focus on finances to um, get out of debt and to save money yeah. so that we could make that chance take that chance and that's not sexy yeah. to talk about but it's not sexy at all it's, no it's horrible yeah, for a while. It's, it's horrible to talk about. <laughs> when your friends are buying friends are buying new cars and you're like, no, oh, I can't go out to dinner, you know, because I'm saving this money or whatever. Yeah, like, there's duct tape on your car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and duct tape on your was there really duct tape on your car? Um but you know, so so let's talk about for people maybe that don't have a, a huge cushion of savings or whatever. Like what what should they do? Should they just quit their job and like pray for the best or like, what's that scenario like? Because I know that there are people out there that are that are like, oh, well, I don't have savings, yeah. so that means I wouldn't. What? I'm too risk averse to do that. You would what? I wouldn't quit my job with, or just like leap with no like income yeah. coming in at all. I would yeah. be too afraid to do that. And that's why I want get people to start to think in terms of like just the the expectation on what's reality about about how much time this is going to take. Because when you do that, and you get just kind of. It doesn't. It doesn't make things less serious. It makes them more serious. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's you're not taking your. You're not like joking about and uh, w- in the basement with something. If you have a road map and a plan and things like that, when you realize what's what it's going to take, I don't know. Maybe I always I always end up biased on on what it's like to be the person making the thing, right? I think other people that we know would be like, no, 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 no. You just need to hustle. You just go out there and you hustle. You don't stop till you make a dollar. You don't stop. Till you make a dollar, and then you turn that in your next dollar, and your next dollar. And some people do that, yeah, and they're amazing. Some people move in with their parents and like just yeah. eat 
cereal for I love the months. frugal thing. I really do like the frugal thing going super whatever lifestyle designing minimalist or whatever because what all that is is asking you to be intense about what matters. Right. Yeah. Be really specific and intense and extreme about what matters. Yeah, when you have duct tape on your car it's like a daily reminder that 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 matters less than your future. Yeah, but don't put duct tape on your car. It ruins the oxygen. Depends on what part. Oxygen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we're talking about the undercarriage, no, wait, wait, no, hold on, this is this isn't like a senator. No, now the thing about the duct tape on the car is right. What you got to do is you got to get the duct tape on the bottom. Everybody knows that. If you can match the color, I, though, <laughs> yeah. If your car's gray, yeah, you can. You can match. You can get color duct tape too. Off. Um, duct, okay, duct tape. I do like people knowing or just thinking through like the time wise because what I want is I want you not to get I have this this thing where like there's this spiral that happens and then uh, the spiral is the digging of the thing and I'll put a link oh, to this Oh how your mind works I love this. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually a good video. Did <laughs> you mind? name the this focus, thing? Yeah. The, the focus factor one? Yeah, the focus factor trademark. That's right. Yeah, so we'll put that in, in the show notes. Focus it, it'll be a big video of me with a mustache and a clipboard. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> it's I saw that dirty. In pr- I saw that in prison once. <laughs> it's dirty. <laughs> um, um so Oh, I unblocked you. <laughs> you are, you're an unblocksman. <laughs> so, so, uh, no. But the thing is, I want factions of like Fizzle fans. Some the, are the unblockers or the so blockers. The so blockers, the Fizzle heads. I do like that one still. The, the thing about this time horizon that you keep mentioning is, I I think it can be, it could be defeating to a lot. It's of people. right. It, yeah. So I want to point out that. For me, anyway, that process of of um, trying and and failing or trying and struggling to be an entrepreneur for years and years and years and trying to get good at something, good enough to for me, the thing that I was trying to get good at was honestly figuring out how to provide value to people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And um, the the thing about that is that it actually makes it more valuable in the end. Yeah. When you spend years and years and years trying to accomplish it, it's so much sweeter yeah. now yeah. that it just feels incredible. Whereas if I had like done something and hit a home run, I had a friend that was an entrepreneur and like right away, you know, joined forces with somebody, hit a home run right away, and then went through a period of years of depression after that mm. business sold. Yeah, because he didn't know what to do, and and you know I mean, what I mean? Because you like sometimes you luck out and you just hit it's perfect time, perfect place, right? Yep. And normally, what happens, it, like the black swan, right, is all about just setting yourself up for a random chance, awesome thing to happen. Yeah. Um. And he, he apparently shows some sort of pattern in this. Uh, but but the point being, like... Dunno, never read the book, but I... <laughs> and I don't know, because I don't know Nassim Taleb very well, but uh, though though I understand his wife is lovely. Uh, but but the point being, still, like, these big, big successes end up coming from these, these uh, outlying sort of happy, like, lucky sort of events, basically. But yeah. these people were set up for that. Uh, and so sometimes that happens super quick. And then what's happened is you're not really prepared to to know how to do this work. It's like real estate agents when they get started during a boom. Yeah, they they don't they do wash very, out. They, they wash out, out afterwards. But when yeah. you start during a bust, like you 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 have to get better. You have to hustle for so long. Totally. And you're set up so well. Yep. You know when yep. it starts to happen again. And I, yeah, if I had to do it all over again, I would I would take it the same way. I mean, yeah. there were things that I would tell myself that that might have um, made made me more successful now yeah. but not necessarily you know things that i wish i had just done right away yeah in some you know ways I, mean? I don't know if i believe this and tell me what you guys think in some ways i kind of i'm i'm of the mind where it's like 
the success sort of comes to you whenever it, it, it wants to. It does its own thing. Success you, is a bitch. All you got is, yeah. <laughs> you said that so spitefully. <laughs> Fuck her, man. <laughs> success, you. She still has my ACDC sweater. <laughs> <laughs> but she kind of comes whenever, he, she kind of comes whenever it wants to. Pressfield has this great bit about the muse, and he says, here's what the muse does. The muse sort of flies in, and it looks, uh, it comes to your desk, and, and, it, and it comes to see if you're there. And if you are there, uh, then then it'll, it'll uh, you know, maybe give you some goods and then go on to the next person's desk and see if they're there. And they're, But if you're not there on the day, and, and they're like, oh, okay, well, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt to come back next day. If you're not there the next day, yeah. then it's like, oh, it's, and it just starts to get insecure about like not wanting to love you. The, the opposite happens when you put in the work and it's like, and it just wants to give and you, you it's a give and take relationship. You know well, like I mean? you've mentioned before, <clears throat> a story is a central character yeah. who has a struggle who wants something. Who wants something. Overcomes obstacles to get it. Exactly. And in your own life, if you never have that thing that you want and never yeah. like have to overcome obstacles to get that thing, yeah. it's just kind of a boring story. Yeah, and for me, my personality type is, is definitely, or my, whatever, my story is different than you guys because it was the money was never like necessarily the motivator, not in terms of the positive or the negative, like the lack of money. I never got to, had to feel that super hard because even when I was, when I was up in Portland doing my own thing, Melissa, my wife was starting her real estate company and, or, or her little uh, thing there. And yeah. it was, it was going okay. And you're you know? not a big, like, you don't think about money a lot anyway. I don't, to a it's fault, just, yeah. to a fault though, right? Yeah. Because I've never, I've never felt those tears and scrapes the way that I probably, I, I'm, there's parts of me that la- are lacking because of that. But I'll tell you what makes up for it is all of the f- effing work that I've had to do to figure out what it's like to make a thing yeah. that you can stand behind, you know? Like, I can do that. I can do that work and I'm really well versed in it because that's been my whole life. I've spent the last 10 years learning how to make a song or a web page or a piece of copy or what, or a business be something that, that I, that I think is, is not only good, but, but also like interesting, solid, cool, something I could stand behind, like, like trustworthy, all of these things, you know, that's where my, that's where my, my sensitivity has always been on that stuff. And, and And that's great. I mean, think, you know, the. I think you can succeed either way because if you if you're really focused like you are on just the thing and whether or not it's good and people like it, um, there's going to be value there, and it's much easier to turn that into an income when that's, you need to. That's what I'm meaning about the craft. Like when you, so if you geek out about the thing to a fault over time, maybe there's still there's ways that the business grows into that. Yeah. Even if you're not starting with the, but if you start with just the business and I need to make money, then then what I see for me. I just go in there and I'm like, look, look at me being pinched. Watch me, watch me get afraid and not be able to make good things and, and try to build and, and create a business out of a fight or flight mechanism instead of out of a creative sense of like joy, like a four year old's yeah. sort of wonder of the world, you know, which to me, that's where the, that's where the success happens. Um, and so it's interesting though, isn't it? Don't you feel like money and greed and the way people look at money? Is really the the central difference between people who would call themselves an internet marketer versus somebody who yeah. might call themselves a creative or a maker yeah. or a maker or whatever? Yeah, greed. There's a there's an amazing Dan Harmon talk from XOXO last year on. Oh, just, that was a good one. Did, yeah. did you watch it? Yeah, <laughs> that guy is. Intense. Wasn't that the best? Because that was like just short. You know who that is, Caleb? Yeah, from uh, Community. Community. 
Yeah. That was just after he got like fired he got from fired community. From his own, the thing he created. And, uh, and he was just, he was in the middle of existential crisis mode in some ways, or it seemed like it. But then the way that he played that character on stage, that like, look at me, I'm struggling with my life sort yeah. of character. And the way he pulled it into like the chintzy little key, uh, keynote stuff that he was yeah. doing. Yeah. Ugh. It was, but he gets was into good. this question on uh, this difference between greed and creative success. So many good talks at XOXO, man. Every, is, there's a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes as well. There's a whole page full of XOXO. I mean, I would absolutely, listener, stop listening to us until you go. <laughs> and well, maybe not. But because there's but probably truly, only like, a couple minutes left. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But really, go as many of these that are interesting. You know, if you're a podcaster, go listen to Marco Arment. If you're any creative at all, go listen to that Dan Harmon talk. Uh, go listen to dude. If you, I got to get you on the Cable Strasser one, the guy who started uh, Panic. Or one of the early, mm, yep. one of the founders of Panic, um, just when he talks about like just all these harrowing sort of things, he's never really talked, done talked much. You can't find much from him out there. Yeah. Anyways, a lot of great, great, great things there for you for the taking. It'll be in the show notes. Nice. You're gonna like it. I love it. You're gonna like the way. I just had it. an idea uh, as we're getting close to to wrapping this one up. Yeah. I just had an idea for you know those segments that that we have where sometimes they make it in. Sometimes they don't make it into the final cut of the podcast. We should have a, like an after hours segment. Have you ever watched Real Time? You know, uh, yeah, with Bill no, Maher. I've seen it one time. He has like a, he has like a version that after it airs, after the first hour, there's like a ten yeah. minute thing where it's just for the web. Yeah. Or like the Daily Show does that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We should have an after sec segment called Cool Story, Bro. <laughs> <laughs> we just picked the best rant that didn't make it into the podcast. Yeah, whatever you delete, well, but- just save all of them. Less and less, there's uh, le- less and less. We're, we're cutting. There's things. Yeah, on the cutting room we just floor. leave it right in for you, listeners. Yeah, well, I like it. I like it. I, I like uh, the the experience. Goddamn dark in here after daylight savings time. It is. Oh my god, that's the difference. Yeah, it's like super uh, moody in here. You know, I got up at like five o'clock this morning to try to uh, get used to London time. Must be rough. Cool story, bro. <laughs> <laughs> So you're like reverse uh, jet lagging yourself so that you'll be ready for when you're exactly. over there. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm I'm trying. Well, yeah. Whatever I, I'm doing, it's not going to work. I hope to God I don't get sick out there. Classic chase line. Classic chase. <laughs> I got a big thing coming up. I hope I don't get sick. I feel like I'm turning into Woody Allen as I get older. Yeah. I, I, I you know I, I like I like London, but I don't really like travel. I don't think I'm going to do it. You close. Know? It's close. Oh, I feel like you could really sound like him, but no. I don't know how to do his the, voice. Yeah, it's just you got the neurosis. attitude at least. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, we were somewhere. <laughs> Weird, yeah, weren't we? That's it. Okay, let's think about Bob for a second. Yeah. All Caleb, right. Caleb what, let's go around the horn. With what? Bob. Uh, yeah. What? What do you think has yet to be said to, to Bob, or if there's something you'd reiterate from earlier? Well, good luck to Bob Harper for ranking for his name because the personal trainer for Biggest Loser, his name is Bob Harper. And that's all I can find. Shit. I was gonna give him Change a your name, out. Bob. Yep. You're screwed, Bob. Hey, Bob, it's been nice knowing you, pal. <laughs> and this wasn't the Bob Harper that called us. He's not having a crisis about the Biggest Loser training. I would say that my biggest takeaway for him would be do the what's what's the worst that can happen exercise. This is something that Tim Ferriss talks mm. about in 4-Hour Workweek. Yeah. And just look at your life, and if you're going to make this big change, whatever that change is, what's the worst that can happen? Are you going to have to move in with your parents? Are you going to have to take jobs that are below you or what have you like just figure out whatever that is. And then you at least have a baseline of like, okay, whatever I do, it's, it can only get this bad. Cause I think people, mm. they rationalize like the worst scenario of like, everyone's going to hate them. 
their wife's going to leave them and it never really is going to get that bad hopefully yeah yeah i think that's a really good i the the challenge i've always had with that is trying to get I don't know, it's getting getting visceral enough and explicit enough with it. It's always been like kind of a hard thing to do, but man, it is that's powerful. It it's the opposite of it's the like it's the back door into the what do I want question. Mm-hmm. You know, cuz it'll show you what you're scared of or or yeah, you, when you say what's the worst thing that can happen to me, probably the things that end up being the scariest are going to be the things that fear you the most. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh, but if that fear you? Can you fear They fear someone? you the most. Can you? They fear stop me. Stop fearing me. Don't stop fe- no, sorry. Yeah, no, they don't stop fear at me. Stop fearing me, bro. <laughs> don't fear me, bro. You're fearing me. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm so feared right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All right. Cool story, bro. But uh, but the, 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 the real question ends up being like, what do you really want? And I don't think you know how to answer that yet, Bob. I don't think a lot of us know how to answer that. And so don't be freaked out by that. Think about what, what, what what's an opportunity that you have? What's a thing that you could go, you know, ply your oars at and, and, and put your back into for a little while and try it out and, and just and just break the seal on some of this stuff, you know? And don't make yourself need the money so bad that you A, whore yourself out or B, whore your audience out and ruin something that could have potentially lifelong impact and lifelong, you know, uh, benefit for yourself just because you like really needed the money right now or something, you know? Yeah. That's, that's what I'd say. I just realized the new Whole Foods opened up four blocks from us. It's kind no. of exciting. Just saw a guy walking by with some grocery bags. Um, Bob, you know, I would... That's uh, another piece of advice for Bob. Don't shop at Whole Foods. No. Not if you're trying to be frugal. You can't afford it. <clears throat> um, Bob, I would say focus on what you do have and forget about the the things that you feel like are holding you back. Look at all the good things you have. You're young and able-bodied by all appearances, um, you have a supportive wife. You have the good fortune of being aware of this whole opportunity in front of you. Um, and a lot of people go through life oblivious that they can change their situation. Yeah. They can take it in their, you know, control of it over their own self. And, um, also you've got heart, man. I mean, you wrote us, you, you yeah. did this video yeah. and that's no small thing. So focus on that. And now simply think about what is the next step I need to take to make progress, and how will I know if that progress has been made? Mm-hmm. I like that. I've got a quote here to 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 solidify, to really just wrap this thing up. Put see a bow if, on it. And see if it's as good as I remembered it to be. It's from Paul Graham. You, you have like a quote app or something? <laughs> no, I, I just do a reading. I read on Bart all the way over here. Uh, In, Instapaper? And I, uh, and I anything that's interesting according to our topic that we're talking about, I just grab it. Uh, this is from Paul Graham. How to do what you love for a living. And he says, it was not till I was in college that the idea of work finally broke free from the idea of making a living. Then the important question became not how to make money, but what to work on. Ideally, these coincided, but some spectacular boundary cases like Einstein and the patent office proved they weren't identical. You're... (laughs) Your rent is not necessarily where your rent comes from is not necessarily the same thing as your work. You know, in this article by Paul Graham, I'll link to that for sure in the show notes. It's sensational. What a I, I, I've read every. I thought I had read everything by him. This is another old, you know, one. You just slash love that HTML. Remember when we ended things in HTML? Yeah, and and by the way, I lo- uh, yeah I do actually or, or, or .asp or yeah. .jsp or .htm. Yeah. Um, 
Paul Graham's a great example. Like, why do we all know who he is? Mostly because he showed up every week and wrote a really great essay for like 10 years now he's been doing that. And he has all these essays out there, most of which we've forgotten because they've been around for so long. But I read Paul Graham like like a long time ago when I was still a corporate employee. I did not. I had never. That's why I'm so, you know, taken by Enamored by it. But really, it's an, it's an amazing piece. You have to read this. It, it's long, but it's good. You're going to want to read this, especially you, Bob. You're going to like this. I have been Chase Wardman-Reeves. I've been Corbett Barr. And I've been Caleb Logic. And we'll see you there. We'll see you another time. <laughs> Slap in the base, man. <laughs> Slap in the base, man. There you have it. Thanks, Bob, for your video, for your thoughts, your candor. We really liked hearing from you. We've had a lot of email with Bob since then, and, uh, and he's a great guy. Uh, fizzleshow.co slash 33. F-I-Z-Z-L-E show.co slash 33. There you will find two amazing videos. Well, one is okay, and the other one is incredible. And I'll let you choose which. Maybe in the comments there you can tell me which one you think is the incredible one. Um, I, listen to me, people. I don't steer you wrong here. Last week, we put on Don Miller's video of him speaking at WDS. People on Twitter were crying, all right? These are these are grown-ass men weeping, <laughs> okay? I put the good stuff on that page for you, so go check it out. We're hooking you up over here. That's fizzleshow.co slash 33. Hey, you. Yeah. Hey. Hey, you. Just want to say thank you for being a listener. We... I don't know how, we just really appreciate it. It means a lot. And we'd love for you to leave us a review on iTunes or just head over to the blog at fizzleshow.co slash 33 and leave a comment. Just add your voice. Tell us who you are and what you think. Your iTunes comments really do help, though. So if you got a chance, maybe put one together. It's holiday time, people. And I hope you can bring yourself to your family as someone creatively engaged, hopeful, earnest, with chutzpah and a good toast in hand. Here's one for you that I found. He who loses money loses much. He who loses a friend loses even more. But he who loses faith loses all. You can, you can go ahead and have that one. Just take it and run with it. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks, and I will talk to you next Fizzle Friday with the last Fizzle Show of 2013. Enjoy the holidays.